Welcome back to another episode of the Balcony Chatter Podcast. I am your host, Andrew McKenney, with my co-host, Tim Taylor. And this is an episode we haven't done in a bit. We've had a guest, and we've had time off. And this is this is going to be a fun one, I hope. Actually, I, I can almost guarantee it won't be a fun one, because I have a lot of questions for Tim about the Celtics, who are not <laughs> exactly on his good side right now. Mm-mm, no. Or, or I suppose anyone in Boston's good side because of their their play as of late. So yeah. I think a lot of a, a lot of this episode will be spent talking about that because I think, you know, there is another team uh in Boston that plays a sport as well, but they don't really play very often. So we don't really care much anymore about them. Um they they basically play one game every six or seven days, so yeah. that's pretty cool. We must have talked um, about their last game, even though we've had weeks off. We must have talked about their last game at this point. I don't know if we did. Well, yeah, we had to have talked about a game or two. But no, yeah, no. I mean, we must have talked about the last game because I'm sure it was three weeks ago, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Jesus, what's happening? I'm excited. It's November, Andrew. I'll, I'll, I'll start there. I. I didn't. I, I did not think I would hear you say that. Well, although, I mean, uh, although it means different things for you, because it just means that there's a lot more sports for you to watch. For me, it goes into the season of total darkness and and freezing cold temperatures. So, I guess it doesn't mean it's not as as upsetting for you as it is for me. Right. Right. Um. I mean, it just feels like October was the month of double overtime losses, so I'm hoping for a better November. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it's Wednesday night. We're recording this episode uh, after the Celtics game against the Orlando Magic. Yeah, just which... to, yeah, just for you guys, so you, so you, for context for that, that means we haven't even seen the Miami game. And you know what? I hope, I hope that I just sound like I was out of line with how upset I'm going to sound on this podcast. <laughs> But but if not, <laughs> take into consideration that we haven't even watched the Miami Heat game yet. <clears throat> well, I I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. But we're hoping for the best, of course. Yes. Always, always hoping for the best. Well, and yeah. So what we're going to start know. on the I, hardwood. I guess- yeah, I guess we don't we don't get into what might happen in the Miami Heat game. How about that? No, we're not going to. There's too much to talk about. We don't have time to look ahead or into the past for you guys, the listeners. Um, yeah. So just for context, this is uh, this is coming off of a win, a 92 to 79, I believe. Yeah, 92 to 79 point, 13 point victory over the Orlando Magic, who are bad <laughs> for one. <laughs> Um, but you know, uh, maybe, maybe are annoying as well. Who knows? All right. Uh, let's get into it. Um, I, I've broken this down into pros and cons, Andrew. I love it. <clears throat> I figure we start positive because I think our last podcast that we did talk about these teams, it was also sad and just pretty consistently sad. Well, I think, I think you're right. We start with the positive positives here only because there's way less. Yeah. Yeah. It's qu- it'll be quick, um, yeah. <laughs> and I have the perfect transition for positive and a, and a negative here. Um, first positive: a guy by the name of Al and Aunt Penny, if you'll pardon me 
fucking Horford. <laughs> Holy hell. Wow. Did he age in reverse? He has like a he he's having like a resurgence right now. Algemin Button. <laughs> Algemin <Benjamin> Button. <laughs> I've been working on something that's the closest I've gotten. Uh, nice. Algerman Button, my lord. Uh, did did you know that he's leading the NBA in blocks by, like, two whole blocks? Like, an average of two whole blocks? I did not, but, yeah. I mean, it's it's not hard to believe with the way that he's playing. Double-double tonight, almost triple-double, as ESPN would post it. Dude, the other night it pissed me off so bad. Uh, LaMelo Ball was four statistics off from a triple-double. Which is just not close to a triple double. If you, it's like, it was like three rebounds and an assist off, and they're like Lamelo Ball almost with the triple double. It's like just say he had a great night because he, yeah, he, yeah, it wasn't close. <laughs> Anyways, they want they want it so bad though. Oh, it's so annoying. Anyways, solid double double with solid assist output from Al Horford tonight. Twelve, twelve, and seven. Uh, Al Horford is leading the pros category. He looks like he's aged and reversed. I want to say I like this starting lineup with him at the four, but I, you know, we're in the pros, so we're going to move on to the next pro. Um, in my opinion, Andrew, we have all of the talent that we need around the Jays, and if anything, we need a clear third. But in terms of depth, I feel like all of the pieces are there uh, for a team that can contend for a title. Are we there as a team? <laughs> Stick around for the con section. Um, another pro. <laughs> Dennis Schroeder, is he is he does he do some stupid things here and there? Yes, but man, fifteen points off the bench, averaging sixteen a game. I think he'll get that up to twenty. Uh, just a legitimate, legitimate uh, sixth man. And Josh Richardson also shooting very well off the bench. He's only getting us eight points a game, but he's doing it on fantastic shooting. Just two starters on on almost any other team in the NBA just playing solid off our bench and really seeming to buy into the program. So uh, that leads to my other pro depth, but uh, I sure do have question mark, question mark behind it. Right. We, we have other players that I'm very excited about on this team. Grant Williams seems to have turned a corner and he's getting the minutes for it. Uh, Romeo Langford looked fantastic in preseason. I wouldn't really say he's getting the minutes for it. Aaron Neesmith also looked like he's poised for a big pro year he's not necessarily getting the minutes for it there's this guy that we used to call p rabbit or fast pp i'm not even sure his real name because he hasn't checked in the games very much either <laughs> this team is deep wancho hernan gomez which is supposed to be a massive pickup he's not even touching the floor when we're hurting at the center position bob bill almost going down on monday night that was terrifying my yeah. first con is that we're so deep but i don't understand these rotations from coach I don't I, I I think they're small I don't think we're not in size but in, in in number I think we have a deep team and we should be playing the deep team and we should be finding out who is on in any given night from that deep team and giving them the minutes it's just being flexible and being ready to go but you know some of these the young guys just aren't seeing the floor we, we're deep in youth and we're not they're not getting the experience at this point and some of them earned it last year, and some of them earned it in this in this off season, and none of them are are receiving it. In my oh, excuse me, in my opinion. So I got a lot of questions here that are kind of in the middle of. The, I don't even know if it's really part of the pros and cons. It's just questions that I have for you, <coughs> opinion opinion questions. All right, so should I just also... keep going with my J's with my with my J's with my cons? <laughs> <laughs> I because I mean, the I, next I one's the J's. <laughs> 
that that was that's a con for you. That is a con right now, Andrew. Yes, the the J. There was a nice tweet that I saw that was like the good thing to know is that the only thing that's off about this team is that whether the Jays get it together. And that seemed like a cute tweet when it was game three and we were struggling a little bit. And now, what are we, nine games in or whatever, eight or nine games in, it is looking like a massive, massive issue. And we have locker room trouble. We had a player meeting today before the game that was said to have not been beneficial. We have Marcus Smart blasting the Jays in the media. We have Coach blasting Jalen. Let, let's those were two of the things some of the things that I wanted to ask you about so let's touch on that a little bit yeah um the Marcus Smart sort of I don't know if I would call it him calling them out I guess I guess you can call it whatever you want but um I guess that's what I put is, but like whatever yeah but what he said was Mentioning definitely them. troubling it was definitely troubling uh but here I'll, I'll, if you want to re- let's let's really get into it I don't think it was incorrect at all no None of it was wrong. And they say that this is how, not how you're supposed to go about it. I don't know. I like to know that there's a fire somewhere in there. The blog, a blogger's not going to do it. Stephen A. Smith isn't going to convince these guys. You should be called out by their own teammates. If the coach, can, if the coach is setting a precedent where they might be call, you might be called out in the media, as he did with Jalen Brown, as Jalen Brown came and said, yeah, good. He's he's not wrong. Look at it. It's it's really jarring how I can play amazing one night and then not very good at all the next night. He's like that's he's not wrong. I like that. Marcus Smart is not wrong. Well, but do you think that this is this is on the players or do you think that this is on the coach and his style now? It's it's hey, get the ball to them and we th- this I is our there's, game. Plan. Th- there's plenty of things that well, first of all, it doesn't I don't feel like his system's being listened to. Yeah. Which is terrible to already be be thinking that. To to paraphrase Marcus Smart's criticism is that the Jays don't realize that they are being cued in on, and they don't know to spread the ball to then get themselves open. It's they th- they you know it's hero ball. Like we've had so much critique towards for a very long time. Um, so if you look at both of those factors. It's it's not. I'm sorry. Just to say, it's 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 not. I totally just lost my whole train of thought. That was crazy. Uh, it's that's because this team is just so good and it's making me so happy. <laughs> I just dream, daydream about them. Uh, not nightmares at all. It's both. The, the, it, I think I have a big problem with the rotations and the youth not being used. Massive problem. Um, I, I we shouldn't be playing like nine guys or even 10 guys a night when we can play 12 because it's a long season now. It's 82 games. We're back with that. Not to mention Al is an old man. We need to be able to rest him and put him out. It was ideal if he didn't have to go back in that game, which we ended up somehow losing uh, against Chicago because we needed Robert Williams. Like, because he needs to rest and Robert Williams should be able to handle it. And then Robert Williams busts his hip or whatever. It looked like he rolled an ankle. He said his hip popped. I was so confused. Uh, that didn't look good. Apparently, he's okay. Played well tonight. Um, here's the thing. I think that this defense, these, this defensive lineup of Marcus Smart, of Jalen Brown, of Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and Robert Williams, in my head, I thought the biggest weakness on that was going to be Al Horford defensively. As right. a defensive lineup, that is a phenomenal lineup and if you I I honestly may have been quoted on this podcast or I would have saying you know minus Al Horford 
who is leading the league in blocks, who has a fantastic defensive rating on his own. This team, that, that team should be shut down, and anybody can hang with them. The Magic hang with them. Every beginning of a game, it's they're stuck in a shootout. That's ridiculous. That should be the bet. Jason Tatum's not playing fours in this lineup. And Al's handling fours. And, you know, Bob Bill, he's not made, he hasn't fully made that jump we need him to make. Or maybe he's not being, and no, this is speaking defensively specifically. It's just, that should be the greatest defensive shutdown lineup. And I mean this in the NBA. And it's not, especially with the way Al's playing. It should be that. It is not. That is a huge problem. And so that is so much to say, I, how do you put any of that on coaching? Them, those five guys, those five veterans, not shutting down teams that they should absolutely shut down, not shutting down teams that are good, which I think they still should shut down. How is that on coaching? I no, I, you know, I'm not saying that it is, but no, it no, I know you're like, not. I'm just saying th- yeah. I have a huge problem with the coaching, but I have a huge problem with the with with the team itself. And yeah. I've said this is my favorite team, and I really like it. I'm really worried. Um, you know, whatever worked tonight, we had a huge help to pull away at the end that Orlando went 0 for 10 to start the fourth. But, oh, man, it's it's scary times. It is scary times on the parquet in Boston right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely worried as well because you have all these guys who are supposed to be playing to a certain level, and then you do, you start blowing some teams out in some of these games, and then they just let off the gas as well, which is a big problem. I mean, you can't blow a game like they did the other night up by, what were they up by, 30 or 20-something? Yeah. yeah, I mean, knocking on 30, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty pretty close to that. So that's kind of pathetic, especially at home, to to give up and, and sort of and lose that game. I mean, that that Scoring 11 happen. points in the fourth quarter should never happen. There's, this team should never, shouldn't have a quarter below 20 points, ever. And a 20-point yeah. quarter is a bad quarter for this team. This team with Jalen yeah. Brown, this team with Jason Tatum, Schroeder, Richardson, Al Horford, people who can score. This Look, team I, should I, not have 10 baskets minimum in a quarter. I said this before, and I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a, maybe it's a hot take. Maybe it's a bad take. But when everybody's saying, like, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like, they are these superstar players, is like, for me personally, they have the talent but I don't see it because like they're so inconsistent up and down. And it's not just like from game to game. It can be like stretches of time as well. For it's me, like su- for me in the second week, Jalen like is not inconsistent for me in the second week. Jalen is not Jason is right. Al- Jason is almost consistently bad right now. He, right. He had a solid game against Chicago. He was garbage tonight. Which is insane with like how much talent you know he has and the potential that he has, and when he goes off, it's like, where is that? Where is that player? You know, like people compare him to all of these other superstar players, being like, you know, he's going to be the next this guy or the next that guy. It's like, well, that person that you're referencing didn't have like streaks like this. We have this like short he- leash with leash with di- with discipline, right? We have this, you know. You complain to the refs, you get benched. You you miss a flight, you miss a practice. You're not coming to Florida with Marcus Smart early in the year. We have this yeah. hardcore discipline team now, right? I want that with minutes. I want that with play. 
when these guys are cold, I want the youth to go in. Dude, we were that double overtime game shouldn't have been a double overtime game against against the Wizards. And I I don't want to say that the Celtics deserve to win any of these games, but not making a three-point shot until two minutes into the fourth quarter is absolutely bonkers for this team. And what's even crazier is not getting the guys off the bench who are young, who are literally drafted to be buckets. Aaron Neesmith was the best three-point shooting college person, college guy, just the best player. He was the best three-point shooter in the draft last year. Like, the... The discipline I want, the discipline of this team, how you act off the court, I want it to be with how you play on the court. And these these veterans should know that their seat's up for grabs because there are people who are capable behind them, and I want to see these guys getting more of a proper shot. Not to mention they need to be willing to take the risk to at least try that. You know, put in these younger guys and see what can happen, and and maybe it's just for the game so that you get the win, but, yeah. I, I mean, you got to try something. Things aren't working right now, Clearly. period. And we're not trying enough outside of that, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. But I, but to me, like, this is the time to do it, right? Like, you don't want to yeah. be doing it when you're trying to make a playoff push. No. You want to try to figure don't. it out at the beginning. But, you know, Brad Stevens was infamous for pissing, like, Isaiah Thomas, I've talked about this before, Isaiah Thomas openly in the 2017 playoffs complained about Brad Stevens trying brand new lineups that hadn't played even minutes together in practice. I don't know. I, I think these guys should be able to play basketball with each other. There's only 12 of you, 13 of you relevant, 10 of you relevant in the locker room. You should know how to play with all these people, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, you, I, so much as to say, always be trying stuff. Always be ready to adapt. Yes, ideally, you're more solidified and you know what you're doing going into the playoffs. And, yeah, you can't do that unless you start doing it. I don't get why you stick to why we're sticking to the same now. Because um, it, you know, it was early, and now it's getting to this is a sample yeah. size. Yep. Ten games is a sample size. Ten games is over 10% of the season, you know? And then we're going to be at a quarter in the end of this month, maybe halfway through, whatever. And I got to tell you, if they don't do very well in December, I've sent this text message out. I think the Celtics are looking at the 12 seed come January 1st. I'm not saying for the season, but come January 1st, because de- yeah. December is brutal. I told you that. I, t- I, I, I messaged you that. Yeah, December you is nuts. Look it up. I'm not even going to read it. Just know it's just know we're like one of the bad teams we play is the Cavs. And if you're if you don't watch anyone but the Celtics, we're not here to judge you for that. I totally get it. The Cavs are good. <laughs> the Cavs are a problem. I think you you had said to me they need to they need to win games in November. They need to win a lot of games because I. I I would imagine that you meant that if they don't, they could be looking at a really long losing streak going into you know the end of December. Sub five hundred I mean, coming out of December. If you if right. you are five hundred going into December, I think you're sub coming out of it right now. Yeah. The way this team is played, one of the easy teams in that regard is the Clippers, who just don't have it together right now. They're going to figure it out. I know they don't have right. Kawhi. They could still beat us. I'm going to go to that game. I'm gonna to try to hit both in December. I, you know, I, I I love the Celtics, but if if I had season tickets right now, I would not be happy with the with the performance at home, even especially. It's the worst home start. It's the first time they've gone on to win three in their history, and it's the worst start in their seven, their like whatever years. It's crazy. And it it must make you feel really bad as a fan when you go to you know they they're playing pretty poorly, right? And then they have that third home game, and they blow that lead. And they lose, and kind of like 
a lot of people that are season ticket holders or or are just fans that were at the game were like that was embarrassing. Like we were we were we had that game in the bag. It was in the bag. Um, and again, I, I circle back to eleven points in the fourth quarter is unacceptable. And and we didn't. We had thirty and we had at least thirty in the first three. It's crazy. It just doesn't make yeah. any sense. Does not make any sense. Eleven points. Just it's it's troublesome. And um, I guess the other the the last point I want to make is that uh, I think who's the number one on this team is completely up for grabs. I think right now, I think that should fluctuate as much as minutes fluctuate based off performance. And right now, Jalen Brown is performing like the number one basketball player on this, in this organization. I and agree. And he, you know, he, sh- he did get given the ball. He pushed OT. He, he, he almost had a game winner. He is getting more opportunities under Udoka, which is great. But, um, yeah, I just think, I don't know. Jalen Brown's the best player on this team right now, and it's not even close. Yep, I agree with you. Um, so what what is your biggest concern, and then what do you think needs to change immediately in order for this team to get back on the right track? So my my biggest concern is the fact that we can't play defense, and we're supposed to be playing the best defense. Um, okay. My second biggest concern being Jason Tatum's play and shot selection. I did think Scal made a pretty good point that maybe we are hitting the panic button a little too hard on Jason with the fact that if you look at James Harden and you look at all the other scores in this league and how they're having to fully adapt. This is a new league. It's more physical. It's less scoring. We're going we're we're going towards the 90s now, you know, like Please. All, these these games of 130 and 140, they're happening still but at a much lower rate and it's better basketball really across the league. I'm I'm loving uh the lack of the Harden calls and everything like that and I'm sure some of that is hurting Tatum. Uh, we've spoken in the past, and I do believe that he has a disadvantage with going to the hoop and getting fouls called. Um, I don't think that stat rings as hard this year when the whole league is trending that way, but there is still a disparity uh, to me, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, his shot selection needs to get better, and his hero ball needs to Dude, go away. This team needs to share the basketball, and they need to buy into the program. If I had a dollar for every time you said the words Jason Tatum's shot selection, I would be so rich by now. Yeah. And and if you had and if you had if you needed there to be a positive context about it in re- in regards to how many times I say it, you'd be broke. Yeah. <laughs> in order to get a single dollar if it needed to be a positive context, yeah, you'd be exactly. broke. This is we're, we're it's talking poor shot selection and is We're going back to last season. We're yeah, like we're he, going back Ways. He statistically take it's a it's a fact. Someone can look this up. He statistically has some of the you can call it worse. Some of the most difficult shot selection. I think it's based off of difficulty, and so his shot difficulty is some is one of the highest in the league, if not the highest. And his true percentage because of that is still high as well. And so it's it's just imagine if he took the ball to the to the hoop more. Imagine if he took smarter shots. It's the whole difference. He just needs to, he needs like a mentality adjustment. He has all the tools and he's, it's just like the wrong guys running the ship inside his brain. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. We got some tough games coming up and we got some, some questionable, you know, I, I, I'm curious to see how they turn it around if they can. Maybe this win tonight. I know that, as, as I said, this will be released after the Miami Heat game. So could be completely wrong already, but. Hopefully this win tonight against Orlando 
gets them on the right track to put some wins together and, and get on a little bit of a streak here and and get some confidence going because I feel like that goes a long way too, especially with some of these younger guys. Players only meeting after whatever, however many games, seven games, six games, whatever it's been, eight, nine. Players, players only meeting said to not be beneficial into a win against Orlando where Orlando went 0 for 10. I don't have a lot of faith in whatever this game was, and I didn't at the beginning of, of speaking, and I certainly still <laughs> still remain the same right now. Well, uh, that's all I got. We're for the rolling hardwood. with the the not so positive today. Then it's not. It just I don't. There's there's, there's huge not much problems to be positive win, about. So I understand. No, and a win over a win over the Orlando Magic is. I don't care. I, I'm sorry. I I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I will say we have some of the losses that I thought were big issues are looking like, oh, those teams might be good. Washington is crazy good. I think we need to beat Toronto, uh, and we'll have them again coming up next Wednesday. Um, but, oh, man, I don't know. I still think we should beat Washington even though they're much better than we thought. You know, I know the East is good, but, man, take a look at those standings. They are not what we thought. Yes, it's early. We understand. It's still a decent sample size, and some of this is going to ring true. I hope you're right. Well, the positive stuff, not not so much the, <laughs> yeah, the cons I, there. Yeah, not the bad teams at the top of the uh, East, but yeah, yeah. Hopefully, the standings don't ring is true, but yeah. Well, let's let's switch over. Let's talk a little bit about the Bruins now because we, I mean, I, I honestly don't have a lot to talk about because of how often their schedule is is off, um, but. We had a good game against Florida last weekend. Um, it was a good, I would say, overall, it was a good team win. Uh, they really needed that, and they, they came through, and they won that game um, against a really good team. So, I mean, that's that's a good thing to build off of. But I, I, I don't know if it was – I'm pretty sure you texted me this, and, and you said this team can't get any consistency. They can't get anything going because the the schedule is so all over the place. It's crazy. Um. And you know, I mean, you go from Saturday to Thursday is your next game. That's insane. Yeah, they're one of they're one of three teams with seven games, um, but they they must have the most despairingly spread version of that. Um, I just, it's just yeah, and I I texted you. I said it's pissing me off, and it, it is. It's just the schedules. Were, I mean, I, this was set in stone a long time ago, and I guess we could have looked into that, but. Why? Why? Why are we gonna check to make sure the schedule's <laughs> balanced? I don't know, uh, and I feel like it's gonna it's gonna mean just more crowdedness down the road. I don't know. It just doesn't. Well, you seem, know what? It seems like what's a wacky also scale. The other thing that's nuts is in not next week, but the week after, we have five days off in between six get six days off or something in between our our games again. I'd be interested to see what our before um, Olympics game I'll have to count sometime when we're not on on air recording I'd be interested to see the balance of before the all-star break or sorry before the Olympic break and after the Olympic break and how that compares to other teams yeah because it just it it feels like us and a few other teams are like some of these teams have played four more games than us which is like an extra week no I mean that's more than an extra week some teams play two games a week I mean some teams play three Montreal's played 11 games so far. Yep, Anaheim's got 11, Vancouver 10. A lot of 10, 8, 9, but, you know, some of these teams a week ahead of other teams. It's just like, what is this? 
don't know. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know what's going on, but it, it's it is hurting us for sure. Just just in the fact that we can't really get games put together and getting getting some wins in a row and and it's just it's tough it really is tough so yeah i think it's good for the on the injury front and on the like the game on saturday against florida was we got banged up and that was because we were the ones that were doing the physical play and we were we were actually really playing well and playing the way that you and i have wanted to see them play for years at this point yeah i mean Um, hey we you're not going to hear complaints over here about that. No, but from I think us, that you know, it's like it's a bummer if we're losing guys, but you know, that's 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 big bad brewing hockey, which we like. Playing that way showed that they can hang with these teams that are strong and that will bang the body during the playoffs right. and everything. So it's a good thing and it's a good way to set the tone for um, the games you're going to play down the line. Skill wise, I I don't know where I'd, you know. If if we had to put this exact team against the exact Islanders team from last year, uh, skill wise, I don't I don't know where that falls, but I I got all the faith in in hanging physically versus last year when we couldn't hang at all for sure. Yeah. My my con here I have is that the the first line and the power play are just terrible right now. I I I should say more so the power play is terrible. I think they're zero for ten or eleven or something like that, which is just if you think about what who is on that power play, it should not be the case. You have Bergeron, Marshan, Pasternak, um, Charlie McAvoy, and Taylor Hall. They should just be scoring at least every other power play. The fact that they're zero and ten or something along that line, along those lines, is is really not a good sign. Um, but I think that, that means it's time to switch it up because obviously maybe put Taylor Hall in that second power play unit. Or, um, I don't know, but some something's got to change because it's not working out. And I know that we've been playing against some really good teams, but I mean, we're going up against Detroit here, and they're playing some really good hockey too. Yeah. Well, you got to be a so, good team, right? You know, it's it's you know similar to what we were just saying with the Celtics. It's like yeah, they're going to they've they've played some teams that are surprisingly good. They've played some teams that are obviously well. good. Yeah, what are we then? Right. You know, there's no there's no excuse. If you if you can't beat a good team now, you can't beat them in the playoffs either. Yeah, I mean, listen, unless you're shooting yourself in the foot to lose these games. Yeah. If you're getting if you're getting slapped up and down the ice, you got to change stuff. That's right. not that's not an off night. If you if you're if you're on and they're on and you're going down, yeah, I totally agree. It doesn't matter the time of year. That bodes poorly for the playoffs if those teams or if those rosters are looking, you know, fairly identical. Yep. It's, so yeah, I'm looking for yeah, I, looking forward to that game. Dual, I really am. Dual TVs tomorrow night, which will be fun for me over here that's, in Los Angeles. That, that's the other thing too is you're kind of lucky because you get you you stream everything anyway. But a lot of people in Boston who want to watch both teams, it, we've almost had a game every time. Like the like every Bruins game has almost landed on a Celtics game. It seems like. I mean, <clears throat> they started the week before, and then so if you look after that, I think it's only been one or two that hasn't. Um, right, so it's tough for people to watch both unless they have two TVs or streaming or whatever it is. Yeah, it's kind of lame. Yeah, it is. And uh, you know, I was just I was just in Atlanta this week. Shout out to the uh, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Shout out to the Braves. Nice for uh, winning the World Series and uh, Astros. I'm 
hope you never find happiness or victory ever again in your life. Um, <laughs> don't ask me about Alex Cora. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like watching sports on the East Coast anymore. I don't. What do you mean? It's uh, you guys, you, you got some late stuff, Andrew. You know, right now. It's, oh right, right. Right now, we're, <laughs> yeah. right now, I'm tipping off for a night game that I get to watch right after we finish recording this, and you're you're like, fuck, I gotta get to bed. Pardon, pardon me. Uh, I gotta get to bed. So, um, uh, I don't know. I don't like it. I like the 10 a.m. football. It's weird, but I've flipped. you're like a. You're like an old retired guy now. Yeah, I'll read. I'll read a nice book after. Hey, I'm glad that you said that because there's something that I want to talk about. Nice. Let's go. Yes. So I actually got to put you, this on my nightstand. For for those of you who ha- follow us on Instagram, you probably saw um, last week I grabbed a copy of Sean Thornton's new book, which is written by Sean Thornton and Dale Arnold. Dale Arnold's great, uh, and. I am a, probably two chapters away from being done with it already. It's a very easy read, and it's a very interesting read, especially, obviously, if you're a Bruins fan. So I would highly recommend that. And, I, I'm, you know, I think it comes out. Man, I got to think anybody exact. for the sport of hockey has got to like that book, you know? What a, what a, what a dying art form the grinder position <laughs> was and, and talk about an all-timer in that regard. I, I think if you like hockey, and, I mean, you know, maybe, this, maybe the grinder's coming back in a way. You know, we, we are seeing the, the rough and tough outweighing the finesse with the fourth lines. But, you know. Still, regardless of whether it's here or not, it's one of the greatest to do it. You know what's funny is when it, when I got up to the table because they were signing too, they were signing as well. So had them both, you know, sign the book for me, and I said, you know, congratulations on the book. I hope you know, I I hope it does really well. I can't wait to read it. And Sean Thornton said to me, uh, he goes, "Well, you're gonna be let down." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I'm gonna let you down in this one." And I'm like, "I I was like, I highly doubt it." And so far. As I said, I still have a couple chapters left. I didn't believe him anyway, and I still don't because it's a great book, and I would, again, highly recommend it to anybody. So hopefully someday we can get um, Sean Thornton on here, maybe Dale Arnold as well, and uh, and I can tell him for a fact that, that I was not let down by this book. It's such an interesting thing to be told. <laughs> right? He's like, well, because I think what he meant is like, I'm not a writer. So Dale also oh. had said to me at the table, he was like, I had to clean up his language. We had to do a lot of cleaning up in this book. And Sean said, yeah, I realized that my daughter might read it or my daughters. I don't know. He might have multiple, but might read this down the road. So we had to clean it up a lot. He said it was very colorful at one point. Well, uh, to me, colorful translates to great writing. So I'm I'm I couldn't be more lost. <laughs> yeah, when you uh, you uh you're definitely gonna need to read it and and uh, uh there's I I think they might be doing another signing coming up so maybe I can swing by and grab you a copy. I'd love that honestly. If uh, they are, I think I I don't know. I mean I know Sean works for um for the Panthers now so or still so I think maybe he's not gonna be doing a signing but dale might be who knows either way if i can grab you a copy i definitely will I'll send it over so yeah so um i don't know but keep us posted on those last two chapters i imagine it'll be done by next week 
yeah what, what if you are let down if I didn't have the uh, if, if I didn't end? have the game tomorrow, I'd be finishing it up. So what if it ends just like offensively? What if you're just pissed at the ending? <laughs> it it might. You never know. Honestly, what if what if Sean Thornton sends you an uppercut of just pissing you off? Just one last. If he goes well, I you know the last chapter says I we really didn't deserve that cup in 2011. I honestly can't believe we won it. Actually, actually, kind of upset that we won because Vancouver yeah. was the better team anyway. Right. My least uh, favorite fan is Andrew McKenney. <laughs> yeah, by name, <laughs> he lets you down. He didn't tell. They didn't tell anyone else that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Damn. Dark. Yeah. God, I hope that doesn't happen. That'd be a bummer. Then you really got to go to the other signing. <laughs> yeah. You tell him, hey man, what was that all about? Like, you really did let me down, Sean. What the hell? Yeah. Good God. Yeah, hopefully we can get him on, and he can berate you to your face. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> but anyways, I got high hopes for the game tomorrow against um, Detroit. They're hopefully tough. I'm not. That's talk hopefully of, I'm not talk eating about my scrappy words hockey. on Friday. Yeah, you know. How are you liking Freddie yeah. this year? Mm, yeah, hasn't done anything for me. That's the uh, that's the right noise I was expecting. Yeah, me well, neither. Like. He hasn't played bad. He hasn't played good. He's on he the hasn't ice. Been I, tough. I, I, he's on the ice, and I just know that because of the little graphic at the beginning of the game where they show everyone who plays on the ice. Same exact thing with Coolman. Yeah, he's on the ice. He's got a goal. That's about it. I remember the, seeing a goal or two. He, yeah, but he should be scoring. No, Frederick I know. shouldn't. He he shouldn't be the guy that's scoring. I wonder what, what's he got for points. Does he have any assists? Uh, he he might he definitely might have a, a couple points, but so far for me, like with the role that he's supposed to be playing, and I'm not saying that he needs to be fighting every game, uh, because that's just ridiculous. That's not how the uh, the league is anymore, and it's just not how you want a guy to have to go through you know their career in this in this NHL anymore because it's just not the same. So that's not why I th- don't think that he's not doing anything. It's just he's not really hitting. He's not really being an agitator and I just I don't know what what's going on I don't know if he's being told to hold back again I just we'll see who is your favorite addition through uh our seven games so far so far I Celtics would say oh, that, that, that's a good way to look at it the Celtics and Bruins have played the same amount of games Celtics maybe have played one more hold on Celtics are now yeah, Celtics have played one more game than the Bruins. They started. Wow. They started a week after them. Cool. That, that's how you can look look at it. Um, who is that's your Who cool. is your favorite addition? Let's move on from that. So far, my favorite addition uh, there's is a two parter here is is Howla. I think that he, I like his his style of play a lot. I like that he hustles, he hits, he does it all. Um, but I honestly think that Nosek has played probably the best out of anybody that we've picked up so far this off season. Love that. He's been consistent. He's been good. And I know that he's a fourth line or third line guy, depending on how the the roster shakes out. But, um, yeah, I mean, those two guys are, are huge for us. And Forbert's played for Bort, has played very good um, so far as well, which he seemed a little shaky at the start, but he's really coming into it now. And he's a big guy, and he's not afraid to stick up for people too. And, I'm I'm really liking the new additions here, and I can't wait to get Felino back. Yep, same. Um, 
what what do you feel about the the goaltending comparison right now? And you know, we got. I don't like the conversation only because like, look, Jeremy Swayman played like ten games last year, and then he. Everybody thought that he was going to be a god this year, which to me, I'm not saying that I didn't. You know, I think that he is a number one goaltender, and I think that he is going to be down the road in the future. And depending on how he plays this year, he could very well be that this year. But it is definitely showing that Cassidy is going to play with the hot hand. Um, And so far, thankfully, that has been, you know, working out. We got a couple losses, of course, but. I think that when it, when one of the guys plays good and then they play the next game, you get an idea of whether or not they can consistently do that or if it's got to be swapped out. Um, but the other thing is we don't have a lot of we, – we don't we had one back-to-back already. And other than that, our games have been so spread out that it really doesn't matter who plays because there's so much time off in between that you could play the same guy every single game and it wouldn't matter because he's able to, to rest. Yeah, but maybe in that regard you can play both. I mean, I, I think it's an interesting closer to 50-50 situation you could possibly have here right now with Lamar, you know, ha- having it. Um, but, no, I, I, I agree. The I just think, if anything, the conversation should be how balanced will this be, not that Swayman's not a number one. Right. I don't know. It's exciting, though. I mean, it's it's cool to have two really good goaltenders. I'm not saying, you know, it's not a dig at anybody who we had before because we had some great goaltenders and a great pairing for... I would say we've had a, a, a an amazing goaltending pairing for the last six years. Yeah. Because you go from, from Tuca and Hudobin to Tuca and, um, and Halak... And then you had Vladar sort of as like a backup there, here and there. But, I mean, we've had very consistent goaltending over the last, you know, handful of seasons. And that's, I hope it just continues to trend that way. We got, we got a pretty, I'm looking at the stats here. Frederick, by the way, one point and uh, minus on the se- minus one on the season. Uh, with could be worse. Five penalty miss. Just not even, it could be worse, just fully non-existent as we were describing um yeah the biggest glaring issue on defense thus far uh out of defenders um is mr connor clifton what do you have the you have the numbers in front of you right now Yeah, he's minus three in five games can you tell me what his penalty minutes are two so two penalty minutes yeah so his discipline's there Wow, I I would have thought a lot more, but at the same time, it's it's more. What we, he's a minus what three? Yeah, he's been out there for a lot of goals against. Yep, and so has it, uh, Howla and Craig Smith, but I I don't really count the plus minus. Too bad on the forward. Well, mostly. it means more for a defenseman in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. That, yeah, that's why I was I was only speaking on Mister Clifton there. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were a few goals that were directly his fault, and I would say at least two, maybe three. So that's not a good look, but you got to let these guys kind of get back into the season and get back into the swing of things a little bit. And I think that this team will find their identity. I think that they'll get it together and that it's going to work out. Um, I think that they're going to be 
You know, McAvoy is already playing at a high level. Him and Carlo are setting the tone in some of these games, especially that Florida game last weekend. Um, so they're going to continue to play that way and, and make sure that everybody else is doing their job as well. And I think this team's going to be a problem down the road. So I think it's just getting back into it and getting and figuring it out. And once that first line really starts clicking and the power play comes back, then they're going to be a tough team to beat. For top line, you know, really the only guy a little bit asleep here or not keeping up with the other two is our boy, the captain himself. Bergeron. Yeah. And, you know, he's got three points. He's, he's plus one, uh, two penalty minutes. But what's Pasta? Pasta's two goals, uh, three assists, five points. Brad's four and four with eight. See, I wouldn't I, – I, I wouldn't say that Bergeron is playing much worse than, than David Pasternak. He's not doing anything. Yeah. For a guy who's supposed to score 40, 50 goals a year, he's doing nothing so far. Yeah, I guess. So my main point being uh, Handsome Brad came to play. And that's the thing, too, is that that was on the first few games of the season. He's been pretty cold or pretty quiet the last few games as well. So, I mean, he's kind of – I don't want to say slumping. It's only a couple games or three games, but – I mean, he's not playing the way that he usually does either. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I like your I like your uh, outlook on this turning around at some point. It's just how how they do it. On it's the gonna ice. come together. Yeah, it will. Yeah, I wish I could say the same about the other half. Well, that that'll happen eventually too, or it won't, and we'll sell the farm. Oh, I'm lost, Andrew. I'm lost. I'm lost in sea. <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know my name. It's going to be an exciting episode next week when we get to talk about all these Celtics games. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, no, I, I hope I'm over overreacting, but I'm disappointed. I don't think I'm, you know, I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm just saying I haven't seen anything that makes me feel great it's fair yeah but let's stay Except positive let's figure it out and i am we'll, so sorry on penny motherfucking horford let's go <laughs> let's go let's go Ugh. but yeah that's what i mean we need we need that positive energy from you we need we need all of it so we should just we should just end it on that all right i mean this that that's all we can say all right the, the guy, he's he's single-handedly making it fun to watch. Him and Schroeder, man. It's fun. And a couple games here and there from Jalen Brown. What if... What, but positive, I said. What if Bob Bill goes to the bench, Al Horford plays the five, starts at it, Tatum four, Brown three, Marcus Smart flexed out of the point guard. I don't think he's done bad, though. But I'm just saying we got that. De- Dennis Schroeder can also play the two. But what if, what if we do those two at guard instead of the two bigs? So it's useless so far. Dude, you're just talking crazy talk now. I've lost my mind, Andrew. I've lost my mind. <laughs> I've lost my mind. God. Stretched? I don't know. Stretched? Yeah, let's let's throw it to the boys and, and let's keep it positive this week and let's get some wins. I'm down for both of those things. Please. Please. Stretched. <laughs>